This is RevTech Podcast, where we discuss everything from business processes to measurement and technical alignment. The RevTech mission focuses on effectively managing and optimizing the go-to-market strategy through methodologies, tools, and best practices. We discuss the success criteria and technical fit guides for decision-making and ensure solutions align with the business goals. In this episode, our guest is Avi Bergman, Head of Partnership at Sweep, and Benjamin Zeiss, Head of RevOps. Welcome to our show. Thanks for having us. Hi, we're happy to be here. Super happy to have you guys here. So let's dive right in. Give us the, the high-level overview of what Sweep is and, and what it does. I'll take that one. So Sweep is a no-code platform that enables companies to customize and scale any Salesforce configuration without the dev time. So whether you're a Salesforce pro or you're new to the platform, Sweep allows you to create and manage your CRM processes, rules, automations, all with an intuitive drag and drop interface. Okay. So it's exclusive to Salesforce. Today. Yeah. Great. Great. And tell us a little bit about how it got started. Kind of, I know you're not founders, but what was the founder story and how did it begin? So the, the founder story is, is actually an interesting story. I'll try to make it, you know, short. They're second time founders. They sold their first company to Wix.com, which was very B2C oriented in their perspective, but they led the B2B business at Wix when they joined it. So when they started using Salesforce, like all of us that are using Salesforce, they just felt the, I, I would name it lack of agility, right? The complications around managing Salesforce in an organization, how much time does it take to process requests? And we can even narrow it down to the Salesforce organization didn't move as fast as the business. And like, you know, we all wanted to be uh, with entrepreneurial spirit, they just decided to solve it. So um, this, this is their story. Yeah. Well, and that's very much how Salesforce operates, right? They have a, a pretty vast uh, ecosystem of consultants and add-on tools, and, and they understand that. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And so why did each of you decide to join Sweep? And how long have you guys been there? So, so Ben is longer than I have. Ben is actually one of the first employees, so I guess around two years, right? Yeah, and I'm just, just two months. But I think we have, you know, quite similar story. Ben, correct me if I'm wrong. We're both Salesforce geeks. We're coming from this Salesforce industry or RevOps industry. We've both uh, been RevOps for other companies and very much obsessed with this term. And, you know, the, the best way to say it is this is our dream product, right? This is what we always wanted and always complained about. I could tell from my personal angle when I first heard about sweep i remember the day they went out of stealth and you saw like the, the the website and my first thought was how didn't i think about it and i think this is the best you know it's the, it's it's it, it's also the best experience and also the best kind of company to work at because we're big believers in the product we use it we, we were obsessed with it it's just great did i miss something ben no, your perspective nothing to add other than we use it quite a lot I'm going to ask maybe a controversial question. If Salesforce is such, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but it's so hard to manage, why not just use a different CRM? It's, it's a good question. Actually, it also comes back to like the founding story of Sweep. So um, when they were evaluating 
the problem space, they kind of came to a realization. There were a few things that you could do. You could try to build a better CRM or you could try to build a tool that enables the CRMs that we have today to function well. And so they spoke with a lot of folks that came from the world of CRM, people that had competed with Salesforce, people that came from Salesforce. And um, one of the things that they heard over and over again was Salesforce as a CRM is, is, a, is a very good tool, but what makes it so powerful, and, and you already a- alluded to this, Lizzie, is the ecosystem around it. Actually, the, the platform as a service that lives underneath it, Force.com, is so well architected and so easy to use and to integrate with. That enables that entire ecosystem around it. And that's one of the things that makes Salesforce Salesforce. Yeah. Earlier this week, we were talking about how powerful Salesforce is. It's just trying to harness that power and make it usable is the the challenging part. So yeah, that that makes complete sense. And, and we can argue with the numbers. It's still one of the biggest software companies in the world. And the majority of businesses are still using Salesforce and will continue using Salesforce. This is the golden standard. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think uh that's that's what I would consider to be the main reason why you stay with Salesforce and you continue to acquire customers that are using it because there's an ocean of, of customers you can work with, right? What, why would I change this right away to other CRM systems that, you know, they're not operating the same amount of fish in the pond, right? So um, I can see yep. this. Um, how do you see the market in, in, in that space? Just out of curiosity. You think uh, that the market is offering similar solutions at this point? I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the competition soon, but um, is there any development in that space um, that you would consider to be maybe a competition, but maybe somebody has a different secret sauce in the same space? I think think everybody, all the go-to-market technology these days is... Besides, I'll put AI on the side for a second. I'm probably yeah. going to talk about it later. Is focusing on on the sales rep experience and how can we make them more efficient from the technological side, like from the product side. Everybody's going into comprehensive solutions and trying to do um, consolidated text that can give a lot of power on one tool. I think when you're talking specifically about the Salesforce ecosystem. And this is, by the way, why I think Sweep is different. We're not just catering one persona in the organization. We're not just looking on the AE experience and how to make his life easier. This is super important, but it's not tool just for them. And we see a lot of tools around the Salesforce ecosystem. Some of them are looking just on the admin side. Some of them are looking more at the technical side. Some of them are looking more at the user side. What makes Sweep, at least in our opinion, very interesting, that it's once you improve your Salesforce, in general, everybody earns. So it's a tool for admins, the same as it's a tool for go-to-market leaders. So, and we are big believers that if you improve your, we call it Salesforce velocity, you will improve your revenue velocity. Yeah. I'm sorry, I want to, I want to comment uh, one thing that you just said. This is, this is why I asked this question. You're essentially not saying we have a point solution. This is a whole another practice around using Salesforce in that area. And I think that's what that's what I'm calling a secret sauce, right? Uh, it's a it's just a um, 
different approach to thinking about the product and thinking how this impacts the entire organization instead of just one particular group of individuals in in in, in the in the company. So this is awesome. Uh, I think I'll, I'll I'll add something, Dimitris. I think. And Ben will probably agree with me, but in our experience as RevOps people, we've purchased a lot of tools probably in the last few years. Some of them are fantastic and change the business completely. But the first question, especially from the people that approves the budget, when we introduced a new technology was something around, but can't we do it on Salesforce? And this is a valid question. Can we do it? We're already paying for this platform. Can't we do this on Salesforce? And then the answer was always around, yes, we can, but it's hard, it's long, it's expensive. Something doesn't make sense. So it makes sense to buy an end solution that integrates to Salesforce and, and gives you this capability. And what we see now is actually the, 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 the other trend, exactly the opposite, right? People will going back to Salesforce and understand we are giving them the power to really build the capabilities over Salesforce and not to rely on external yeah. Uh, the velocity piece. Uh, I always think like if we could get our Salesforce to, if we weren't spending so much time managing Salesforce, we'd have a lot more time to be selling or marketing or doing any of the other things that actually drive the business forward. And I know it's probably deeper than that, but even that time savings is going to lead to better velocity in the the business in general. And you just nailed, I think, the last couple of years for me where I'm looking at partner tech tools and I'm like, they're like, can we just do this in Salesforce? I'm like, no, I mean, we could, but it's just going to take more time. And so so I'm excited to to really dig into to sweep. You started touching a little bit in terms of like the personas that this is helping and who you're selling to. But what type of customers are you seeing success with and that can really benefit from the product? So, so it's funny. Um I think we're all talking about it. We've all come from slightly different backgrounds and the Salesforce problem that, that we're discussing is pervasive. So we're working with some large B2B tech companies and we're working with very small medical offices, right? Like, and everything in between. Anybody who's on Salesforce is kind of feeling this pain and, and um, Sweep is able to address those pains. Now, there are definitely certain parts of the platform that appeal to different segments of that audience. Like for example, the large enterprise audience is really interested in the documentation feature. Um, whereas like a, a smaller upstart new to Salesforce might be really interested in our go-to-market templates, right? Um, so th there is stuff in the platform for you no matter where you are in your Salesforce journey. And that's very much the goal of, of the product roadmap and, 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 and where, where we're taking uh, Sweep. That makes complete sense. And it's interesting. I was starting to think like if you're an enterprise company and you have a few people doing Salesforce admin, do you need a tool like this? And there's, it sounds like there's features that, that will benefit there too. Um, and how are you selling right now? Are you uh, doing, you're still in startup mode, like, are you going product-led sales? Do you have a sales team or salespeople? Uh, are you doing marketing? What does that mix look like? So I think you, you probably said it right. It's still a startup mode, but we definitely have uh, our sales team, which is um, working on deals and nailed our, you know, first-year deals. Generally today, we're focusing mostly on selling direct to companies. 
Um, and as you said, different events as well, like different sizes of companies, different industries. And this is the, the fun about Salesforce, right? Everybody is using it. So it's a very big um, playground. So today we're selling directly to companies, but we also started to work on um, the offering to partners and to the Salesforce ecosystem, which I'm, I'm sure we're going to talk about later. The exciting thing is that we're soon going to launch uh, a free self-serve version. So we are hoping to see, you know, every Salesforce admin um, that wants to, you know, change the way he's doing things on Salesforce using Sweep as well. But today it's mostly direct to companies. Awesome. I'm excited to to see what that free version is going to look like. And you, you quickly mentioned partnerships. What do partnerships look like today? Do you have any tech integrated partners? It sounds like you're starting to look at channel partners or resellers, but um, what does partnerships look like? So yeah, actually partners is a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky term in the world of Salesforce because we call it business partners, but Salesforce partners go under Salesforce partners. Yeah. And as we said, this is a huge market of services. Um, from system integrators to managed services, this is a huge market. Um, and, and we're definitely working closely with them. I think the most interesting narrative, um, especially for a person that hears about, you know, sweeps one-liner for the first time, they probably think something around the lines of, oh, they're going to take my work, right? They're going to eat my lunch. Uh, because now you can do things that were complicated. You can do it with no code or drag and drop. It's not the way we're looking on it. Um, A, because the market is massive. B, because we think that everybody deserves a better Salesforce experience. So even the customers that are choosing to work with Salesforce partners, which is the most of them, deserve getting a better service. And we are the enabler of this better service. Because then you will see it in a, in a second, our visibility functions, the way that we are turning Salesforce into a visual platform, which is very intuitive and fun, it, it's it's a, a way for them also to improve their service. So, sorry, we're now working on tightening the relationship with the partners ecosystem. So they will be customers and then obviously uh, to go after integrated partnerships as well. Yeah. I, when you mentioned like it's people being worried it's going to take their job. It reminds me of AI where it's like, it's not actually going to take your job. It's going to replace the mon mundane things, the the complicated pieces that are not delivering a ton of value and actually let you go and deliver some real value. Um, and so, so that's very exciting. I think often with Salesforce, it's like just to get something going, it's very challenging. I'm like, well, what if we could do all the things we actually wanted to do uh, and not get stuck on the the stage one of, of fixing a solution? And again, I might I'm trying to, you know, I might be optimistic, but but the way I'm envisioning the partners world is that again, the partner experience when you will present the project to his customer, they will do it over sweep. Yep. So I'm not that. So especially for the value-based partners, the people that are charging their customer based on value and based on retainers, this makes a lot of sense. And this is a tool that just can improve the overall experience. Yeah, that makes sense. Do we want to dive into the demo? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of yep. sense. Happy to. Yeah, let's do we, it. We should. Let's do it. Okay, awesome. So uh, I'm going to share up my screen. Prior to joining Sweep, I had been a Salesforce admin for quite some time, about uh, seven years, and 
all of my problems started like this. So I'm using Aviv as, as, as my scapegoat here, but it always started with a text or a Slack or an email that something weird is happening in Salesforce and they don't know why. And usually what would happen is I would take a ton of time diagnosing what is this problem, what's going on, and then a little bit of time implementing a solution. So here I've got I've got that exact same example. So Aviv reached out to me. He's got a bunch of ops that have the proposal sent date filled in, uh, filled in, but he hasn't sent the proposal. And Avi was really nice to me, and he included a report of you know all, all of the times that that happened uh, instead of me having to ask him to give that. So I'm just opening up this Salesforce report. I'm taking a look. Oh, and I need to sign in, which is great. This happens to me 15 times a day. So so Avi shares with me this report, and I'm able to open it up and see that ex- the exact situation that he's describing is true. So I have all of these opportunities. You can see that they have they have a proposal sent date, all of which are pretty recent, um, but the proposals haven't been sent yet. And so I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. And, and my workflow is I'm going to open up the Salesforce setup, you know, maybe I, I have a good idea. Maybe I know this org really, really well. I'm the only person developing in it. And I know like, oh, there's an automation here that might be touching this. But if I'm working in a larger org, I'm working with, with other people, I kind of have to sift through um, sift through a bunch of information to find, okay, like where where is the automation that's likely, likely automation that's causing this issue? Um, now, if I'm using Sweep, uh, it's a little bit different. So I can open up Sweep and accomplish the same thing. So I'm going to log in here to like uh, uh, what we call our canvas. So this is a, a visual workspace for Salesforce diagnostics and productivity. So, so right now, what I'm looking at is everything that exists in my Salesforce represented in this visual manner. And um, so what, what I'm going to do to figure out what's going wrong is I'm going to start with our documentation feature. And I'm going to go look for the proposal sent date field that, that we spoke about. And within the proposal sent date field, um, I can drill in and I can see any automations that are using this field. So I have a, a, a flow called the quoting flow that's referencing this proposal sent date field. I can drill into that flow and I have... In, uh, first of all, I have an AI generated description uh, describing what this flow does. But I also have a chat bot here at the bottom where I can ask super specific questions. So I can say, what does this flow do with the proposal sent date field? Now, the AI is reading all of my metadata and it's returning an answer. So this flow, the quoting flow, updates the proposal sent date field and the opportunity object. It assigns the current date to the variable proposal date, and then it's going to update that field, right? So I see here, okay, so I have this flow that anytime I'm entering this proposal, this proposal stage, it's updating the proposal sent date field to today's date. Now that used to make sense for the way my org works, but things have changed. So now we actually move the stage to proposal before we send proposals. And it looks like I forgot to update this flow. I didn't think about the fact that this flow was happening. And now I have some uh, inaccurate data in my org that needs to get cleaned up. 
And so pretty simple, I can go ahead and make that change, but I don't know what other impacts will occur if I just, you know, turn off this flow or deactivate a node. So I'm going to say, you know, what else does this flow do? And it's going to give me like a, a longer explanation of other things that occur in this flow. Now, this is a pretty basic flow. Um, just I'm using it for illustrative purposes, but you can see that it's also setting the close date to be seven days from today and sending an email alert. Um, and so those are three things that are going on uh, in this flow. For me, I only uh, have a, a, the close date. It's working exactly how I want it to. The email alert that's working exactly how I want it to. So the only problematic piece of this flow for me is the proposal sent date. And I know that if I turn off the proposal sent date automation here, it's not going to cause me issues anywhere else in my org. So I have two options now. Um, the first one is uh, the old school way using Salesforce. I can click, um, I can open this up in Salesforce. It'll open this specific flow and I can turn off this node. Alternatively, I could use Sweep to recreate this automation and I can deactivate the flow as a whole. So I'm going to, you can use either. I'm just going to, I want to illustrate what it would be like to, to build in Sweep. So, I, so I'm going to, I'm going to take that step. So in order to create this automation, what I can say is I can click on proposal and I can click automations and I can click create automation. And so it's saying when I'm entering proposal, I want to do a few things. So now I do not want to update the uh, proposal sent date. The only things that I want to do is I want to update the records close date. So I'm going to click update this record close date. And you can see here that everything that I'm doing is sort of in plain English. So I want this close date to be seven days after I trigger this automation. So seven days after I enter proposal. And I also want to send an email alert. So send an email. Um, I'm going to say opportunity ending proposal. And I want this to go to um, the owner's manager. So I'm going to go to the owner ID, drill down, go to manager ID, drill down, and grab their email address. And I can name this automation, click create, and I'm done. Um, so that's uh, one way that we use Sweep um, to sort of jump in, understand what's going on, diagnose the problems, which are really about you know ninety percent of the work, and then go ahead and and implement um, quick uh, quick solutions. I also wanted to show sort of what what the flow would be like to if I were to build something from scratch in Sweep. So I'm just going to create an inbound lead funnel. I'm going to call it uh, Benjamin's inbound leads. And what this will do is it will create a record type and a lead process. And here I'm going to be customizing picklist values for uh, the lead status. That's what the screen is telling me here. I can drop it anywhere on my canvas. I'm going to drop it right here right now. And I'm just going to create a few, a few statuses. So I've got new, outreach, connected, demo scheduled. And I just want to show you how comprehensive we can get with the Suite platform and what we're able to build in. So first of all, this is going to be a converted step uh, so that when I convert my leads, uh, 
this will be like the quote unquote converted status. Um, I could also add like validation. So I can say, hey, I can't move the lead status to outreach without um, sending any outbound emails. So I have a field called activity count, which is a rollup field. The rollup was also created with Sweep. Um, and I can say uh, that the activity count has to be greater than zero in order to advance. And if I want to get really fancy, I can say when the activity count is greater than zero and the activity count has increased, then I want to auto advance the next stage. Um, also, I want to make sure that when my leads are created, they get assigned appropriately. So here I can set up uh, assignment rules. So I can set up a rule for my enterprise BDRs and for my SMB BDRs. So I'll say enterprise BDRs. And I'll just go with a simplistic example, but I can say, hey, if employees is greater than a thousand, so when a lead is created and employees is greater than a thousand, then I want to round robin it to the assignment group. So these assignment groups are uh, are um, created um, and managed within Suite. And I could also choose to notify the owner via Slack, email, but right now I'm just going to click do not notify. And then I'll create a second rule. Same idea, but for my uh, uh, SMB BDRs and say, let's make sure that employees is less than a thousand and also that it's greater than zero. So if it's blank, it doesn't assign. And I want to make sure that that assigns to my SMB group. And I do not want to know. And I can create the role. And then lastly, uh, another thing that we can do, I, I know I already showed uh, automations, but I, I'm, I'm going to layer in more automations. So the first one is if I enter connected without a lead source. So if I enter connected in here, I can add like further conditions. So I can say that the lead source is empty. Again, this like plain English builder, making it super easy to communicate outwards to the org what's going on. I can post to Slack. I can say uh, the lead source, there's a typo there, is blank for, for, and I can use, I can embed the name of the lead in here. So I can say full name from company. Please fill it out, which is great. But what I could also do is I can add a button here that says update lead source. And I can add a lead source field. So what this is going to do is whenever these criteria are met, it's going to push a... Um, a Slack message to the recipient, which I didn't set here. So here I'm going to set it to the lead owner. Um, it's going to push a, a Slack alert with a button. They'll click the button and they'll be able to, from within Slack, update Salesforce and, and uh, without having to leave their Slack window. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's a very, very yeah. convenient. 
it's very convenient. It's streamlining the workflow for people and 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 very much in line with how we think, right? We want things to be like of you said before. This is an easy process for me to set up. It's also an easy process for user. Um, and and in that same vein, I'm going to create one more automation. I know, and I, I hope I'm not overdoing it here. No, no, I can say, so when I enter this demo schedule phase, I want to convert the lead. So uh, I can say, I want to use an existing account. And so any lead that's converted, I want it to go to this matched account. So this is this matched account is created by Sweep using our uh, lead to account matching algorithm. And we can say if there's no matched account, then I want to create uh, I want to create the account with uh, uh, the record type of mid-market. I can set any fields here that aren't set in my uh, lead conversion mapping within Salesforce. And I can optionally create uh, set settings for the contact, whether or not I want to create an opportunity, et cetera. And I can say uh, auto convert lead. All that's left, I click deploy. I choose what I'm deploying here. So here I was just playing with this uh, inbound leads funnel and I can choose which org I want to send it to. Do I want to send it to a sandbox? Do I want to send it to production? I can preview the changes that were made. So here I'm, I'm creating something new. So everything is kind of showing up here and then I can click deploy. But I think that is a pretty uh, comprehensive overview of some of the... Uh, I wouldn't call it comprehensive. It's just some of the things that we can do. It took us 10 minutes you know, uh, to really see all of that. And I can see a lot of value already, right, for, for teams. Uh, you, you showed how this is uh, working for different groups, how they can benefit, and how quickly they can really see what is going on. So let me ask you this. You essentially enabling Salesforce for the users, right? I feel like what you just what we just saw right now is, on the one hand, it's a, it's automation, all of this, but in fact, you are bringing more users to Salesforce because of that simplicity that you offer with your product, right? So, let's say I have an SDR leader, and you know we talked about how to automate or create some flows. Hey, you know what? Here we go, and you, somebody can go through this as a no Salesforce admin person. Right. Uh, I don't have to be certified. I can just go over all these steps and I can understand what's going on and what it does. That's extremely powerful, in my opinion. This is where you're bringing all these teams on the same page and you say, this is how it works. Right. Don't call me 10 times. Don't ask me to pull something, pull reports, show you that this is working and it's not working. I mean, here you go. This is a black and white proof for you. That this is how it's working. Is it fair to say all of this? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely. So collaboration is something that we very much have in mind with how Sweep was built. So um, some things I didn't show, we have like a commenting feature. So we can invite people into Sweep who we don't want to be able to make any changes to configuration, but we do want them to be able to see what's going on. So like, you know, your GTM leaders is a great example of that, right? So they can see the process, see how it's built, and it's explained to them in plain English, and they can collaborate with you on it. It's like, hey, actually, we're starting to see that the criteria shift. So rather than, you know, uh, our, our ICP is companies with uh, 100 employees and above, we're actually seeing 200 employees and above. So let's adjust the criteria 
in Salesforce. And I can see what the criteria in Salesforce are today. If I'm a GTM leader right now, that's a total black box to me. Um, so it fosters collaboration. It fosters an open environment where we're able to have a dialogue about how our Salesforce works and whether or not that is the Salesforce we need for our org today. Um, and the way that it's built also enables us to almost iterate in a really, really quick manner, right? So the bane of my existence as an admin was that I would make a change and it would break something somewhere else in the org that I had no clue was even connected. I and mean, I, I still am not sure how that piece was connected, but I need to go and fix that and hope that that fix doesn't go break something somewhere else. And I'm not playing this like endless game of whack-a-mole trying to solve my, my, my Salesforce issues. This platform makes it really easy and it, it, it silos the changes that you yeah. make just be the changes that you're making and the changes that you intend. Um, so it really fosters the collaboration like we spoke about. And also it makes the admins, uh, it makes the admins life a lot easier. That's where as, as a sales leader, um, I was just thinking through, because you had mentioned documentation uh, at the beginning, but what you're just saying, the collaboration is like half the time, like, why is this happening? What is this even referencing? Why do I see this lead in here? Um, and I think about it as like, when I get a Tableau dashboard, I don't know what's there, but when I get a re-dashboard, I can go look at the query and understand why it's pulling in XYZ thing very simplified, but it would be awesome for me to be able to understand, oh, like if we just changed this or did this, we could probably see what we wanted to see. When I joined Sweep, one of the first things that I want to do, especially as a go-to-market team member, is what is our process today, right? You want to learn this process. So even for the sake of like training, ramp up, onboarding, I remember the session that I had both with our head of sales and also with Ben. And instead of opening Salesforce and explaining to me what are we doing in our sales, it's like, here is sweep. And the only one thing that I would not agree with Dimitri is that Dimitri said it's black and white. It's very colorful. It's not <laughs> just black and white. It's a night, it's a beautifully designed platform that it makes it makes you fun to look at it. And it's intuitive. You're, you're scrolling, you're zooming, you can collaborate, you can train your people. And instead of doing those evaluations that we all know, right? Every three to six months, there is a project for someone in the organization, it could be the CRO, the head of sales, or the RevOps. Um, let's evaluate our processes, right? Let's do a session to analyze and uh, understand what we have, what we're doing. All this preparation phase of let's understand what we have today before we make change, it just sold. You always see what you have today and you can see it in a very easy way. Yeah. I mean, Salesforce for most companies is... It tells you everything about your business. Like it is the it's so important to understand what's happening and and should be the source of truth for go to market. And but I feel so stupid. I'm like I don't I can't even pull the reports I want to because I don't know what field to put in to pull this right data sometimes. And so yeah, this is this it's is something like we hear from customers a lot. And I think that that reporting is is too difficult and to get the information that I that I need and that I want is cumbersome and confusing and so one of the things that I like to tell people is like this is a this is a symptom this is a symptom of either an over-engineered salesforce or having to work around problems that were built in the past and so one of the things that we're focused on is making sure that the architecture is right and the way that we build things and the way that we architect things enables you to keep the, the the base layer that everything you're building your Salesforce on top of uh, as as steady, simple, sturdy. 
Because when it's not sturdy, that's when you have these workarounds in the extra fields and, and the this and the that. And that's when it becomes impossible to run yeah. even the most basic. Of so it sounds like, sounds like guys, so I have a bunch of questions, but let me ensure I understand all of these benefits, right? So number one, the, the, the Salesforce adoption, solving for that quite a bit, right? Which is huge. I mean, how many times we've seen it occur that, oh, you know what, we have the Salesforce, but you know, we don't use this properly and we need to have a bunch of people to really come in and help us help us to solve it. Similar tone is with the data handling, right? So it sounds like you guys also solving for that, right? In, and you're removing complexities within the process that is embedded in Salesforce, which we just saw in a colorful way. So Let's talk about cost and custom cost of customization specifically. What is your take on this and how actually you guys are helping, you know, organizations to mitigate that risk? I mean, my story again, okay, we need more Salesforce admins. I mean, why? Why I need more Salesforce admins? Oh, because the Salesforce is giving us recommendation that for that many employees, I need to have that many admins. I'm not buying it, right? So how are you solving for that? So I would say with a platform like Suite, you can really you can you can you can make a, a couple of decisions for your org. So first of all, you can scale each individual admin to be more than what we would say. Like we can make an admin more effective than they are without Suite. Um, uh, that, that we've seen time and time again, particularly with our customers who are really, really Salesforce savvy. They're like, yeah, I could do this, but it's much easier to do it this way. They're faster. And again, that architecture layer becomes, uh, become when, when built correctly, it makes future changes much faster, right? It also makes fixing old things much faster. So we're, we're able to scale the resources that you have much more effectively. What we've also seen is, um, uh, some orgs that will go for a more analytical person instead of hiring for that Salesforce skill set because they're confident that a smart, competent, analytical person can also get involved with Salesforce using a tool like Sweep. That's what we've seen sort of at the, the lower end of the market. At, at the upper end of the market, um, enterprise, lots of Apex, millions of objects and lightning web components, we, we see really not necessarily a change for the size of the teams or the cost of the teams, but the amount of work that they're able to get done, we've seen like their throughput increase. And and that's where the investment pays off uh, at the upper end so of the market. So based on your experience, is it like roughly one fourth, one third of the headcount that you're helping to solve for? What would be your number? I know it's not exactly science and depends on the skill set and organization size. I get it, but I'm just trying to put my my like simple back of the napkin math in my head and help to understand uh, audience as well. Like, hey, you know, your productivity in that space goes up, and as you're adding more systems, more systems, these people can be more effective <laughs> integrating them and maybe making them more reliable, or even eliminate some of them, which is an extra extra layer yeah, of, so of cost reduction, right? We haven't done like a formal study on this, so I, I'm, I'm hesitant to put an official number around it. I will say like anecdotally, yeah. 
you're in the okay, right neighborhood. Right. That's, a, that's a lot, by the way. My experience, you typically just don't do everything in Salesforce that you would like to because there's not enough time to do everything you would like to. And at a minimum, if this gets you to do everything you would like to do in Salesforce that with the same amount of people, that is a, a huge win. And then you probably can gain further efficiencies there. I yeah. do have a question. Like, we, you know, if you started with Salesforce and Sweep early on, you could probably build something that's great and set up well. What what are you doing with companies you come in and their Salesforce is a disaster? Do you help in that process? What does the integration look like? Uh, what does that entail? So it's a great question. So um, the documentation feature is like coming into into a, 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 a messy Salesforce is a lifesaver, right? Um, you're able to drill down to a specific step in the process and understand what's all the automation that applies here? What's all the validation that applies here? You're able to use the chatbot to, mm -hmm. to understand what do these things do? What is necessary? What is unnecessary? What is redundant? Uh, and then you can begin to go ahead and make changes to simplify. And that's really um, uh, what we're seeing. And it, particularly like the, the messy orgs that we see the cause of it is a lot of different hands being in Salesforce over the amount of time, right? So maybe we've switched partners four times or we have four different partners that we leverage at once. Um, we have teams that work on specific parts of the platform, but are operating in silos. So they don't know what other people are doing. And that's why we get things like redundant code. Uh, that's why why we we get contradictions with, with within automations and, and triggers and, and and things like that. So um we're we're seeing sweep as like step one, like for those companies, we come in and the diagnostics phase is like eye opening for them. Uh so I, I think that's really been really, really beneficial. And then there's also the fact that um uh, you know Demetrius you, you you spoke about this before. There are all these point solutions that we integrate in or or at the larger scale companies that we just replicate and build with our own because maybe security reasons or whatever that we're able to simplify and kind of bring home into one place in an easy to manage place. Having everything on one platform creates scalability in the sense that your CPU usage, your SQL query limits, they're all coming from one platform and they're optimized to work with each other. So we're actually seeing companies whose use cases, hey, we're stuck because we hit CPU timeout issues all the time that are able to move certain pieces of their build onto Sweep specifically to avoid that because the way that Sweep is architected is designed to avoid that. Um, so we're, uh, those are like kind of like exemplary of, of, of some of the benefits that we're seeing for like those large orgs hot mess under the hood we need to figure something out quickly um and and the sad thing is the alternative which we've seen a lot of times is some people are like we're at the point where we might just start over we know it's going to take us two years we know it's going to be terrible for our sales reps while we're totally ignoring the org that we have right now and rebuilding a new org from scratch in two years, but it's the only solution. That's what some people genuinely think. That's the problems that we have come into and seen. And, um, you know, we're in the process of, of helping to alleviate, which is really, really exciting. Yeah. I think a learning curve for the organization is 
or often forgotten. And I think there is a national use case here with your with your solution. I and I love the fact that you can actually type type in and you can uh, see what it does, like what it what it really is not doing. And then all of that is in one place, like Lizzie said at the beginning, right? Like I finally can educate myself and see, you know, what are the, what actually workflows that I that we put it put out there. Right? Is this really doing something for me? And if it does, I want to be interested. I want to know exactly what it, what it, what type of fuels and information is consuming, and so that I can understand the output and how this shapes the output. That's extremely important. I mean, guys, I've been there so many times. I've been asked what is it, what it does for me, and then they have a custom fuels in Salesforce and spending just concatenation of multiple sources. And I'm like, how is this really compiled? Okay, I I can't I can't see. So education element is also forgotten, uh, but it has a tremendous impact on the decision on how people operate in their organization and how they really think about the business, how they think about the job. So um, I, I think it's just an observation based on what I saw, and I'm trying to connect the dots with with my experiences. So uh, guys, think about the product. How you think about this product in the future? So what what is the next thing for you guys that you know that you see on the roadmap that will be a you know a big milestone or another project you be focusing on so that because your customers or future customers uh want to see so i think the, the, the next big thing for us is as i said earlier is what i call the free version and and the free version is not the way we see it, it's not just going to be a free trial. Just take it for a couple of weeks and see if you want it, and then upgrade. The vision is more, you know, I, I would put it in, in simple words. We want Sweep to be the golden standard in working with Salesforce. So everybody that is working on Salesforce should work within a couple of years over Sweep. There should be the old way of like writing code into Salesforce, you know, doing the manual things, and there is the modern way, which is using a platform that does it in a much simple way. The first step for this is to give people access to this. And today, the access is very much like B2B oriented. We need to talk with a business. It's a platform that they need to to bring in and not the capability that everybody could have. And I think this is a big, big milestone for us, um, especially from the numbers of users we, we expect, but also from the difference in the features. We would be able to see what are more business-oriented features, admin-oriented features. Um, and yeah, that's the plan, more or less. That's great. It's awesome to come out with uh, a complex product like that. this, uh, to be able to come up with a, a self-serve version within two years. So that's super exciting. We we slightly touched on competitors before, but we didn't really dig in there. When I'm thinking about, I'm I'm wondering if there's any other um, tools or platforms that do this. But I'm thinking more around like what uh, Ben had mentioned of like let's just rip this out and rebuild it, or like let's just figure out how to make it work as is. And then the other one is like, can we hire a Salesforce consultant to come in and help us redo all of this? But uh, what are you guys seeing in terms of competitors and when you're talking to to potential customers? I would definitely say we don't see a lot of competition on the direct offering as we offer. Uh, we do see a massive competition that we call it the status quo, which is keep on doing uh, the thing that you used to do. 
working with partners, uh, changing partners, hiring internal admin, like people are so used that to the situation that this is how Salesforce life should look like, that they're not even complaining. For some of them, they're actually saying, but we didn't think that should be another way. Um, and this is kind of the narrative they're hearing. Um, so I would say, um, obviously, as we also said earlier, we do see products helping for um, specific personas, like tools for admins. There are a lot from rollups to uh, uh, documentation. There are tools for this. But obviously, those tools are selling directly to the admin to improve the admin life and not giving the entire solution. We do see a lot of tools around um, the automations and the experience of the AE or connecting Slack to Salesforce. We do see competition over there on the feature level. Uh, but again, on the concept level of improving the Salesforce experience for everybody, uh, we still think the most of it is status quo, working with partners, um, and just feeling uncomfortable um, as we hear from people. It's like Stockholm syndrome. Like people are just like, this is how it's always going to be. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. It's 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 even more than that. It's like, it's they're offboarding the problem without dealing with the solution. They're not saying I'm going to give it to a partner and all of these problems are going to go away. Like if you've been if you've been around the Salesforce world long enough, that's not what you expect. What you expect is. I'm going to offboard these problems and somebody else is going to deal with them. It's just not me. Um, and that type of thinking shows you that this is an area that can be improved by light years. Uh, and that's really you know, the opportunity that we see. So guys, let me ask you this question. I'm, I'm listening to this and I, and I realize that you're actually trying to change the paradigm on, in this space. You know, that's really hard to do in any industry, in any market. How how are you planning to change that? Because everything we said before about, okay, let's let's figure it out. I have a Salesforce. It sucks. It doesn't give me what I want. Um, and I'm throwing more money into this because I need more buddies, right? I have a $1 million already of buying an application. And then I have uh, another million or more keeping these people on the payroll, right? Just just to make it work. That's expensive party, right? And again, I'm, I'm going with this kind of my finance hat after the cost because every single time when I see this, I'm, I'm always wondering why it has to be that way. So with your solution, you're definitely bringing a, a lot of value in other space, but getting a cost 20, 30% down, that's, that's very telling. Um, and I know that there is, but it's quite a bit. And so changing the, the way people operate is what Aviv said, it, you know, as a competitor, identifying the competitor as a status quo. It's almost like it's going against, against everybody, right? It's easy to be, uh, uh, you know, a pessimist among all the optimists. But it's really hard to be an optimist among all the pessimists, right? So it is, I feel like it's a similar situation. Say, like, hey, guys, like you don't have to do it that way. Oh, no, no, no. We do it always like this. I've been, I've been in five other companies. I've done this five, eh, five times like this. That's hard. I'm always finding this as a probably the most difficult um, part of selling. 
in 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 that mode. So how are you planning to change this? It's just my question. They're coming on a podcast, going to reach millions of people, and everyone's going to be on board. No, I'm I'm kidding, obviously. I, well, I wish that would be true, but <laughs> it's a real question, guys. I mean, I, I would say from my perspective, for, first of all, we, we like the hard stuff. Um, and I think the bigger the complexity, so so as the reward, because we're talking on a, a real disruption here. And again, we're a startup. Ben and I are working for the startup and we love working for startups. And you need this, you know, this uh, part of like risk or excitement that, that drives you. But again, the, and we are probably the most biased people but when you see this works you understand how did i do it before like and and again it's going to take some time it's going to take some um you know growth in terms of like the product and the business until we will get the reach that we want again the market is enormous so it's so it's great for us uh but again i think once you see this thing at work and you try to to blend in the overall trends of like where technology is going how technology usage is going if you would ask someone that used salesforce 10 or 15 years ago it's a different sales rep the the sales rep of the future the sales teams of the future so i think we're in this motion of the future of go to market and it's very much aligned now all we need to do is you know to get the chances to prove it well, the market changes and trends must somewhat be helping, right? So even when you started two years ago, people were able to throw a lot more money at problems. And as that, you know, it kind of contracts across the tech industry, there must be opportunities to go in and say more opportunities to say, hey, we can save you money and you don't have to go and hire someone else to fix that. How are, how are you guys thinking about the the market trends in go to market in general? What are you seeing? So. I think we have a few interesting observations here. One, as you said, people are cutting budgets. This is not a new thing. This is probably something that is happening in the last like 18 months already, especially in the go-to-market. And I think for us, it's it's an opportunity. Because again, this narrative of cutting costs, of focusing on what's important, of not spending too much money on tools that eventually you find that you know you have five tools that you're paying for and they all do the same thing or all have those capabilities. And I think this is smart for Sweep to focus on the tool that you will probably will not replace, which is Salesforce and empowering this capability. And when we see it with other, we see it with other uh, players in the market in general, tools are, or companies are trying to consolidate and to bring more capabilities into the platform play. And what we are doing with, again, also talks directly with the trend is we help you build a better Salesforce. So a more robust Salesforce that is not dependent on external tools, that is not dependent on contractors that might come to the company, do a project and leave. So we help companies build a robust engine. And and again, we definitely see it. Companies are coming to us because they want to cut all the collateral tools, all the point solution, and really build a better Salesforce because this is the tool that they cannot yeah. replace. I mean, I'm in a position that you should be always cutting costs. The question is where and how, right? I mean, I know this is just a this year phenomenon. Everybody's looking for productivity, you know, and, and cutting costs. But in fact, you know, when you're running a business, you have to always think about this. 
Uh, and if you are very effective with your scaling process in your company and talk about the SMB and the you know, startup specifically, um, I think you're saving this as you go. You don't have to worry about this when you are efficiently scaling, right? So this is where where what I what I feel like um, market forgot about that and suddenly it's just in, in this wake up mode. Oh yeah, we had to cut the cost. Well, you never thought about this. Come on. Um, so that's what I think uh, will be one argument for your solution, guys. Um, in and also will help you tremendously to prove the case. Another one is what you just said before. It, it's the uh, self-cert mode, and then people will start figuring out, I don't need people to come in and really do it. I can do it myself. That is very empowering element of your offering, uh, or will be, right? And so to me, this is, a, this is another argument that will get you um, on track with changing that paradigm. And it's, you know, the, the ease of use and ease of deployment and seeing almost immediately the results, that's, that's very compelling. So, um, that's, that's my take on, on that part. Uh, so let's talk about elephant in the room. How are you approaching the, the generative AI and what you think about this, how this is going to impact your solution, but also the, the, the space that you're operating in? Well, can I, I just want to quickly say that your use of generative AI in the platform is already one of the, the better use cases I've seen of it. So I'm excited to hear how you're thinking about it. So the way that, that we think about generative AI uh, and the way that we're leveraging generative AI is very emblematic of how we think about the trends at large, right? So we're using it within our platform to help people better understand their Salesforce, right? Like I, I alluded to it when I was doing the demo, like the discovery phase of what is going wrong is 90% of the battle, right? Figuring out what's wrong in Salesforce is 90% of the battle. If you can do that much more efficiently, you can understand what are going to be the, the consequences of any changes that I make. If you can get to that answer much faster, you can fix things much faster or you can build new things much faster, right? Um, and that's how we're leveraging generative AI. It's a tool for us to better, to, to do things that we're competent enough to do. It's just going to take us a lot more time, right? And, and, and today, that's where we see the best use cases for generative AI. It's enabling people to focus on the things that they're best suited for, right? You know, I haven't, I, I haven't been hired in my career because I was good at Salesforce. It definitely helped in my interview processes and things like that. But what, what made, what, what makes good Salesforce people get hired is stuff that they could do outside of Salesforce. It's thinking about the business. It's how to scale the business, how to grow the business. It's how to apply Salesforce yeah. to solve business problems. It's, it's really the merging of the technology and, and the business acumen, right? Generative AI is a tool like that. It helps you get to the Salesforce part much faster so that you can focus on the business part because that's really where you bring value. Same thing, like I said before, we're seeing people that are feeling like they can hire more analytical people and less technical people, right? That's how we think about generative AI. Um, it's helping us get to, to the end solution. Once someone starts using Sweep, Obviously, the generative AI helps with the setup process and, and figuring out what's actually going on. But how quickly do people start to see value from it? Um, is it a couple of weeks, a couple of days, a couple of months? What do you typically see? Um, 
it depends what, loose, what, what use case they're leading with, right? So if the use case is documentation and like an understanding of what's going on under the hood, 10 minutes after putting in their Salesforce credentials, they can start to get insight. If they want to build an end-to-end process and deploy it to an org, it depends how comprehensive the process is. Again, we're yeah. talking we're, we're talking somewhere between 30 minutes to an hour. But again, there are much more complex spaces where the time to value is longer than that. But yeah, depending on what quick. you're trying to accomplish first, you know, the world is your oyster. It's not like implementing Gainsight and it takes months to set up. No, no. shade on Gainsight. I think it's a great product, but it, <laughs> yeah. You connect, what, when, so when you connect to Sweep, Sweep begins parsing your metadata, reading, understanding, and that process, again, depending on the size of the org, but really we're seeing like a, a mean of about 10 minutes, um, 10 minutes to, to, uh, to complete the parse. And then, then you have the tool, right? That's then incredible. you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. The wow effect is very impressive once you're seeing everything that is in your Salesforce. I must say that in orgs that I worked before, if I would have sweep, the value is getting the wow effect within 10 minutes and then closing my computer uh, and going to drink something because just it was, I understood I had so much work to do. Uh, but again, the value the value is immediate. And the, the question is what you're doing with, with it after. That's your sales pitch. You know, if you have sleep, you can get to drinks yeah. earlier. And that, that we should know be what it. he's doing after work. Or for a different reason. This was, the, those are drinks of celebration versus, okay. you know, Despair. Being desperate. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's actually funny that you say that because one of um really, really early on uh, at my time at Sweep, I was, it was like, probably right after we spun up like an actual UI. So we're talking like the first days of like sweep really, you know, making a difference for people. I was working on sweep and I, and I pinged our CEO. I said, I have the best idea for a marketing campaign, which is sweep enables RevOps people and Salesforce admins to eat lunch. Cause like yep. thinking, thinking back on my, on my, uh, you know, almost 10 years in this space now, um, the amount of times that I've skipped lunch or just, shoved lunch down my throat while I was doing something else because that was the amount of time in the day. Like you, like you said before, Lizzie, like there's a never ending backlog. So if you're going to prioritize eating your lunch, you're, you're sacrificing something in your backlog. Yeah. Uh, so, so sweep enables people to have lunch. That was my, my, yeah. And obviously I'm not a marketer as you can by the well, tagline. You never know. But I think you you picked the, the healthier option, you know, we mentioned about drinks after hours. So I, I you know, the, the, the small difference. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. So we'd love to hear from from both of you on what other companies in the, the go-to-market space right now are you excited about or I think are doing a great job? Um, one company that, that I think is doing a great job is Apollo. And I think it might be because they have for, for a different problem space, like a very similar approach to to Sweep in that it's, uh, it's a platform that's designed to help multiple personas in the same part of the business, right? So they're focused on selling um, yeah, and they help you with your data. They help you with your sequencing. They help you with your call recording. And it's a, a really comprehensive approach to an area of the business. Um, may, maybe that's why I, I have an affinity towards it. Um, 
but we we have been customers for for several months now uh and excited about some of the things that's unlocking for our business yeah i was aware of apollo and then i went to hubspot inbound i know not not salesforce but I heard Apollo's name so many times. It is like they've taken the the world by storm. Um, so I've been keeping my uh, my ears tuned to anything about Apollo. Do you see that you could potentially collaborate with them in, in some fashion? I know you're solving different problems, but do you think at some point you would ever partner or work together? Yeah, I could see really um, interesting use cases for, I mean, most go-to-market tools within within suite um like as like technology partners right being able to push people based on something happening in salesforce being able to automatically push somebody into a sequence and launch that sequence right so i um i, I think for all the seps i think that's like a a great a, a a a great use case um and i'm sure if uh i i really sat down and and thought about it harder there, there's a lot more there um so, uh, you know, I'm excited for, 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 for that chapter, um, which is going to come soon. Uh, we're, we're, we're starting to think about and talk about, you know, uh, other ways that we can help the admin, the systems admin RevOps persona, leveraging all of the tools that they use and kind of bringing them into one. Very cool. Avivi, do you have any that you want to share? Yeah, actually, uh, there is one uh, tool called Fathom, which yeah. is also uh, call recording software. Yeah. And, the re- and the reason, you know, I can, my, my story with call recording software go, goes way back. The most simple way that I, I I can tackle this specific platform is they made it, their business model is smart. Most of the people that doing calls recording need the most basic capability of recording a call automatically. Um, and then they add up the services if you want to upgrade and go and go up. And this is the best or the most interesting and relevant business model comparing to other solutions which are very much enterprise, very much expensive. And then you end up buying a very expensive tool that you're not really using or you're using very small part of the capability. So I think they cracked something in the in the business model that is very smart. You can start free. You can use it for your needs. If you have more advanced needs, then you can start paying. Yeah. And, and I feel this is like very interesting. To me. You're, um, you're doing that with Sweep too, right? As you're going down to a self-service tool. So um, yep. yeah, yeah. makes sense. Exciting. I know Fathom actually, uh, the, the tool as, uh, as well. Uh, we, we're hoping to get them on the podcast as well. Somewhere down the path, I, I talked to them on a couple of uh, months ago. So that is that is coming. And I, and I think they're doing the right thing in that space. It's a high margin space too that doesn't have a lot of competition. So it's a, it's a good move on their end, just making this a little bit more affordable, you know, starting and changing the practice and learning how we can benefit and then converting to something that is more premium. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be, it's, 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 it's kind of like it became kind of commodity in, in, in today's tech world. Um, and, and, Doing something that is already commoditized, it's it's a brave move. But if you bring the innovation through the business model, it's 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 a smart play. So, yeah, kudos to them. Yeah, when I say the margins, I think they look at Kong. They do it pretty well, right? But of course, of course, they they offer a little bit more than just uh, recording, right, or transcript. 
I'll share my whole screen. The um, a pop and demo. Yeah, the feedback that we get are people who are are nervous. Well, like you know, what is what what are these automations going to do to the rest of the automations that I have? How are they going to conflict with each other? Is this going to is this going to break everything? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what, what I, I wanted to get uh, ahead of. It's actually built on a totally separate automation layer. It uses Salesforce custom metadata records, which obviously are native to Salesforce, and they can be edited via the Sweep UI or the Salesforce UI. So it doesn't impact any of your existing flows. Uh, it, it runs totally separately, and um, it's uh, uh, the way that it's built is designed to help avoid CPU timeout issues, SQL query uh, limits, and, and the like. This is uh, helpful. And um, is this extra security policy for these people that are working in this other Salesforce admins or admins in general, especially when you communicate with your stakeholders, right? You want to ensure that, okay, guys, we're working on this. This is the proposal or this, you know, this is a safe draft. You know, we didn't deploy this yet. So don't get panicked, right? Here we go. And then you're getting buy-in or you're sharing with, with the teams how it's going to work. And even after it's deployed, it's not going to impact any of the yeah. existing yeah. teams or anything like that. So both, both prior to deployment and after deployment, um, yeah. it, you know, it's not, it's not something to be concerned about. That, that, is, that is helpful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and talking all about Sweep. It was great to have both of you. And I learned a lot about Salesforce and, and what we could do to fix it. So I appreciate there it. You go. There you go. It was a lot of fun. Thank, Thank you so much, Jane. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RepTech Podcast. Please subscribe on the listening platform of your choice and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing.